0: Matthew chapter number 5, we look at verse number 13. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt hath lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and be trodden under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city is set on a hill, cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Verse 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We look at verse 16 and that is our theme verse for 2022. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You look around our world today and our world is a dark place. Turn on the news. Just listen to it for a few minutes. Get on the internet. Our world is a very dark place. And I don't know if you realize it's not getting any brighter. It's getting darker. The closer we get to the day of Jesus coming, it's just going to keep getting worse and worse and worse. I'm sorry to tell you it's not going to get better. It's only going to get worse. But as look at the year 2022 and i think about our community i think about our nation and i think about the world i believe that it i I hear people often Well, what can i do to help save my country what can i do to help my community what can i do for the world we're going to look at tonight and our theme for the year is what we can do let's have a word of prayer and we'll dive into this thought for a few minutes tonight father we thank you for the time that we have we thank you for your word we thank you for your faithfulness to us. We thank you for the opportunity we have to be in your house this evening. I pray you'd bless this time. I pray that it would glorify you, that you would be lifted up and that you would work tonight like only you can. We love you. We need you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Jesus sets the stage here and he lets us know that we as his people should be doing two things. We need to be salt and we need to be light. You see, this world, and salts might be another year's theme. This year, the theme is light. Those of you that were here a couple weeks ago for our candlelight service that we had, we turned all the lights out, and it got pretty dark in here. And we took one candle, and over some time, we lit up probably 60 or 70 candles, and it was brighter in here. You know what this world needs tonight this world doesn't need any more recovery from covid this world doesn't need more money from the government it doesn't need government expansion it doesn't need more democrats or more republicans what this world needs today is the light of jesus christ and if we do not share that light who's going to share that light ye are the light of the world isn't that what this what we just read a minute ago the Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and not glorify and say, oh, you're such a good Christian. That's not what it's about. What, the goal of what we try to do is to try to make God look good, to glorify him. Our light is to shine in the world so that others can see him. You know what Chino needs tonight? Chino needs a church like ours to step up their light so that people can see how awesome God is and glorify Him as God. We, in the state of California, we need more churches that let their light shine in the midst of the darkness and the corruption that is around us. When we look at the dictionary and the definition of light, we see the definition is something that makes vision possible. The sensation aroused by stimulation of the visual receptors. There's lots of different things when it comes to what light does and what the dictionary tells us. And I'm glad that Mr. Webster got that figured out. There's a lot of, you go even further, there's more mumbo-jumbo scientific stuff that I can't even explain all of it to you. But what I want you to understand something tonight is, as we look and we think of light, you think of what light actually is. This world is blinded by darkness tonight. This world is in spiritual darkness. And the only hope this world has is the light of the gospel. We look around our world today, and man, they are doing their best to try and get everybody. And this is not this is a slam either way, okay? I'll tell you, my, my parents ended up, they got COVID a week or two ago. They had their vaccine, and they barely had any symptoms. I think the vaccine helped them. I'm not for or against it. So when I say these things, don't try and put me into your bubble or make me say that I said something. You need to figure out for you and do what God leads you to do and do your own research on things. That's not my job. I'm not your doctor. I'm your pastor. You need to figure out what you do with those things. But it's amazing how everybody that's vaccinated right now is getting it. Everyone, and they're still, you know, the best thing you can do to help your family right now, get vaccinated, get your booster, do this. But people are still getting it. It does not solve the problem. The problem is still there. There's still a sickness that goes around. Does it help people? Sure. But listen, we have something that is 100% successful every single time. If someone will take the gospel of Jesus Christ and receive Christ as their Savior, what happens is they're made whole. Every single time, there is no questions about it. You don't have to worry about the, how effective it is. The gospel is 100% effective every single time. You'll notice, you look at the walls tonight, and you'll see the Bible says a lot about the gospel. The Bible says that we are to declare the gospel. And the gospel, we know it's the good news of Jesus Christ. It's the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is the gospel tonight. We are to declare it. Hey, church, when is the last time you personally declared the gospel to someone? How can you let your light shine if you're not declaring the gospel? The Bible tells us in Mark 16 that we are to preach the gospel to every creature. Say, so, well, see, it says preach. That means, pastor, that's your job. No, 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 no. Every Christian, how shall they hear without a preacher, the Bible says. And that word preacher means Messenger. How are people going to hear the good news of Jesus Christ if someone doesn't tell them how to? We are to take and preach the gospel to every creature. The Bible tells us in the book of Acts that what they did, they testified of the gospel. When's the last time you testified about it? When's the last time you gave a testimony about what Jesus Christ did Now he changed your life by the gospel? You understand tonight, my life is not what it used to be, not because Brian is something special. It's because something happened. And as a six-year-old boy, Jesus Christ saved me, and my life was changed. My desires changed. My walk changed. And I can testify, and I would not be where I am today if not for the gospel of Jesus Christ. When's the last time you shared that with somebody? These are the things that we're to do. These are in the Bible. These are commands. Declare it preach it testify it we are to in the book of philippians it makes it clear that we are to serve in the gospel and make sure you understand something tonight i i am not against churches going out and doing community events and doing all the different things that they do but you got to be honest let's be honest tonight if we are not out serving for the sake of the gospel what is the point the point is the gospel of jesus christ and we've got to keep that our focus as we go out into the public and as we witness. Or maybe we have events. If you notice, we do have events around here. We have our fall festival. We have other things that we do. What is the point? So our city has a fun place to come and play. No! Maybe that's what people want to think. Why do we have it to get an opportunity to get the gospel to those that come? That's why we do it. Why do we do the things we do? We need to learn and remember we serve in the gospel. I love what 1 Corinthians 9 tells us. It tells us that we are to live the gospel. That's a tall order right there. We're to live it. The good news, we're to live it. You are a new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away. All things are become new, the scripture tells us. We need to let our light shine. In the side room there, there's three more. I don't remember what order I put them up. We see Philippians 1.17, that we are to defend the gospel. And you look in our world today, there are many people that preach a false gospel. You say, what is a false gospel? If you have Jesus plus anything, it's a false gospel. If you take Jesus out, it's a false gospel. Jesus plus nothing, that is the gospel. The death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we need to defend the gospel. And there are many that preach a false gospel out there. And I tell you, the closer we get to the Lord coming, the more false gospel there's going to be. And we need to be able to defend it. If we don't share it, and we don't know how to share it with someone, how can we defend it? It's a command in the Bible to defend the gospel. We see that Paul, when he talked about himself, he said he was separated unto the gospel. So that was Paul. I think every Christian is separated unto the gospel. Something happened the day we got saved, and we've been set apart, right? Haven't we been set apart? Are we awake? Did the tri-tip set in already? I think the tri-tip set in RA, yes it set in. I know. Next time what we're gonna do, we'll have the service first, then you can eat after the service. That's why am I not thinking of these things now? That's a great idea right there. And so have service at five and have dinner at six, and then I don't have to worry about if you're too tired. And then if I go till six thirty, the food will be there after because you're not gonna leave till you get your food. But we're supposed to be separated under the gospel, and then we see there in Romans ministering the gospel and how important we minister in the gospel. The gospel is important. The gospel is the light that this world needs. When we think about light, I want to give you a couple thoughts about light, and I'll be done with my message around the thoughts tonight, and then I want to give you some goals for 2022. The first thing I want you to know tonight about light is that light conquers darkness. Light conquers darkness. Darkness. If we were in cruise, you want to help me out? You want to turn the lights out back there? Just take the, the two knobs to the far right, turn those out for me. I know we got the TVs. Other, other way, other way. They should just click. They're those old school ones. Yeah, we're old school even in our knobs. Now if the TVs were off, it would be a little darker than what it is now. But how do you make a room lighter? It's amazing. You just turn on the light. And It's brighter. We live in a dark world. What does this world need tonight? It needs light. How do you conquer the works of darkness? How do you turn people away from darkness? You turn the light on. Go ahead and turn those back on back there. Wherever there's the least bit of light, darkness is forced to flee. And the Bible makes that clear when we think about the Word of God and we think about God's Word. And the Bible says about itself, the entrance of thy word giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple in Psalm 119. The Bible tells us there that thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You see what light does, light conquers darkness. You want to make a difference in the world today? Take the light and give it to someone. That's how we're going to conquer darkness. Number two, Nextly, next we see that light colors dullness. Did you know, and when you think about this, this is hard to believe, but color is really, there's really no such thing as color, really? It's a trick of the eyes and the way that something is viewed? That's why some people that are colorblind they just can't see that color but in the dark when it's dark you don't see any light do you you don't the other day I got dressed in the dark and I think I had two different socks on by the time it was done and I know some of you now you wear you that's the way you dress you wear unmatching socks and I don't I don't know the stuff these young people do nowadays The only time I ever wore unmatched socks, because one sock had a hole in it, my mom didn't want to throw it away, so I wore unmatching socks. You know, but that was, and you didn't want people to know you were wearing unmatching socks, but now today everyone goes around and wears unmatching socks. Right, Samantha? And, uh, but light colors dullness. Light, when an object absorbs all the light that hits it, we see what an object can become. That's what light does, and what the Bible tells us is, ye, we are the light of the world. Not only should our presence put darkness to flight, it should cause the world to be more colorful and more of a beautiful place because the light that comes from Jesus Christ being inside of us. You see, light conquers darkness. Light colors dullness. Next, light changes deadness. The ancient Greeks in their mythology told of a goddess who visited earth unseen but whose presence was always known by the blessings she left behind in her path. Trees burned by forest fires, spouted new leaves, and violets sprang up in her footprints. And as she passed, a stagnant pool of water it became fresh, and parched fields turned green as she walked through them. Hills and valleys blossomed with new life and beauty wherever it was. And the ancient Greeks were looking at the beauty of springtime after the deadness of winter. And they were giving their God the credit for beauty as they saw this around them. And we know, and you look at, and we don't have, you know, in California, it looks like the leaves are all falling off the trees now, right? We're in January. I've lived in the Midwest. I've lived in a few other places where there actually is a such thing as fall. And it happens in October, September, October, November time. Our leaves fall off now. But in the spring, you look, things look dead right now. And maybe with all this rain, you see when those, cow- those poppies pop up on the sides of the hills, and you see the new light comes, and you see what happens. You've got to understand something. As our light shines in this dark and dead world, God uses our light to change deadness. Light takes care of deadness. Do you know who's an example of that tonight? Each and every one of us that's saved tonight. What does the Bible tell us in Ephesians chapter number 2? That we were dead in our trespasses and sins. We're dead. Dead men. What changed it? The light of the gospel changed our lives and took us from a dead man to a man that's alive in Jesus Christ. Light changes deadness. And then fourthly, light conditions dreariness. How many times have you seen days that are just dark and gloomy? Or the fog is completely there and it's just kind of dull. But what happens when the sun breaks through? And man, the blue sky. And just recently, if you just look outside, the, like even today, it was, it, was almost, it was almost the perfect day today. A little bit of wind, but you could see the mountains are absolutely beautiful. The blue sky in the background, the sun there. But it's amazing what the sun can do compared to a cloudy day. That's what God's called us to do in this world. Let your light shine. Hey, church, what we need this year in 2022 is to let our light shine in our community. Hey, what we need this year is to in our homes and in our neighborhoods, to let our light shine in our neighborhoods so people can see how awesome God is. Every year... I take some time and set some goals. Goals are good. And I know there are some people out there that don't like goals. But I didn't ask you if you like goals or not tonight. Goals are a good thing. Because if you aim at nothing, you're going to hit it every single time. Goals are good. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, Where there is no vision, the people perish. Vision is important. Having goals, setting things forward for God is important. And each and every year that we set our goals, we keep three things in mind. What is the purpose of our church? What's our mission? It's on the wall. It's always on the wall. If you haven't, and I would encourage you, if you're a member of this church and this is your church and you still don't know what the mission is, I told you last year, well last year I became a police chaplain for our city. Did you know, just being a chaplain, not being a sworn officer even, I had to memorize the mission for the Chino PD and quote it? It's not nine words. That's literally nine words. That's all that is. Nine words might have been number one, and there's ten of them. Say, quote it to us right now. I did it at that time. I could probably try again, but what is our purpose? What's our mission? To exalt our Savior, to edify the saints, and to evangelize the sinner. That is the purpose of Victory Baptist Church. Everything we do has the purpose of exalting our Savior, edifying the saints, and reaching the lost with the gospel. Everything. We look at our ministries. We look at our Christian school. We look at everything that we do. What is our purpose? Our purpose is to exalt our Savior, to edify the saints, and to evangelize the lost. That is our purpose. That is where our goals come from. I'm going to break up some goals and next week i'll have these printed for you to have as we go further into the year but i want to give you three different areas of some goals for 2022 the past couple years have been crazy you know they've been crazy who would have thought just go back two years ago at the beginning of 2020 who would have ever thought we would be in our world where we are today no one would have thought don't you remember you'd like turn on the news in february of 2020 and you see, like, something going on in China with some virus a little bit. And it's like, oh, that's too far away. That's not going to ever come here. And then a few weeks later, that's never going to come here. You know, what, what are they talking about? And then a few weeks later, I remember that first Sunday when, they, when, you know, some of you older folks in the room, and Margie Valdez, if she's listening online, God bless her heart, but that's when she realized she was an old person. <laughs> because, remember, our governor said that older, mature people need to stay at home during this time. And so I started calling all of our elderly folks and asked them if I could do anything. And she's like, Pastor, I didn't realize being 83 I was elderly. That's good. If you can be 83 and not realize it, go for it. I'm fine with that. But it's been quite a few years, the past two years. Two years ago at the beginning of 2020, I had a pretty good pastoral staff, an intern, and I had Jay. They're both gone now. No song leader, no intern. We are going to have a new one soon, but then you've got to train the new intern. Everything was looking pretty good, then everything has changed. We were easily every Sunday, Sunday morning, having 200 every week. It wasn't even an issue. It wasn't even a push. We were having 200 every Sunday morning between the two services. This morning, between the two services, we had 96 today now on it now where we've been lately i know there's a lot of people sick right now but we've been back at 160 again but when we came back from covid it was 120 110 we still haven't even gotten back to where we were pre-covid and then i hear of other churches that just make me sick i don't know why they make no i'm happy for them and i'm thrilled god does what he does but we'll say there's another church with the same exact name of ours a good pastor friend of mine in san diego when COVID hit, they literally ran the same amount of people as us, right around 200. Since COVID hit and today, they run about 600 people and they got a new building and they have tons of staff. Everything has just gone crazy and grown out of proportion for them. And praise God for that. Um, some churches really, wh- you know, we look at Calvary Chapel here in Chino, Jack Hibbs, that church has exploded. They were big about staying open, and you literally—I just suggest on Sunday you don't go near that area right there because it is crazy. There's so much traffic over there, and they've just exploded. Then other churches have dwindled down. You know, we look and we look at—you uh, look at where Jay and where Marquise, their church grew through it all. Everything has gotten better for them, and so it's all over the place. And we look at things. You got to have a vision. You need to have a vision to move forward. A church without a vision is going nowhere. Vision is important. And when we look at the end of the day, why why have a vision? Three reasons. Number one, we're supposed to exalt our Savior. Number two, we're to edify the saints. And number three, we're to evangelize the lost. That's why we have goals. My goals for 2022 that I want to give you tonight and I've prayed about for our church, I'm going to give them to you in threefold, three different areas. And like I said, next week I'll have these for you. Number one is my goal as a pastor, what I'm striving for in 2022. Number two is my vision and goals for our church in 2022. And then thirdly is our vision for our property in 2022. We'll run through these pretty quick. I'll give you a paper next week. You'll be able to pray on these things as well. My goals for 2022 as a pastor is to faithfully preach God's word more than what I have in the past. My goals for 2022 as your pastors to equip you to do God's work like God says in his word that we're supposed to do. And I could go through all day long my different goals for myself, but the third goal is to be an example to you of what a Christian should be. I strive for that every year, and that's my desire going forward. When we look at our church, some goals for 2022... One of the things if I look at our church the one area that's been lacking since covid it is our presence in the community with the gospel our door to door witness sharing the gospel our goal for 2022 is to get a gospel tract to every single house in the city of chino every single house Um, I started a while back, just a couple months ago, and I'm going to continue give five hours a week to knock every door in the city. Five hours myself. This next Saturday will be an opportunity for everyone to be able to do that. But our goal through 2022 is to get a gospel track to every house in Chino. That's our goal. That means we need you to help do that. We talked about it in our business meeting last night. If you're watching online or whatever else. People were telling me, you didn't let the people asking questions have a mo-. I didn't even think of that. It, Debbie and I were texting back and forth, and Debbie had the idea I should open it up to being online. So Debbie was thinking better than me last night, which was good on that. But we'll, we'll get that better in the future. But we look at this last year, and for some churches, they would be p- thrilled that they had eight baptisms. But that hurts my heart that we only had eight baptisms. We had been each year building up, and the, last, the highest year we had was 46. We are shooting for 50. But when your witness is not what it should be, there are not as many people getting saved, and there's not going to be as many people get baptized. At the end of the day, Christ adds to the church. Christ saves people. But we are the ones he uses to witness. We have a goal for 2022. Getting back to what we used to do. Our goal is 200 salvations this year. We were close two years ago. 180 we got to. We were close. So what's this year's goal? 200. 200. Our vacation Bible schools are different things that we do. There's lots of different areas. And not only that, but to have 50 baptisms this year. That's our goal. We, you know... Hey, Keith, you should have waited one week. We could have had you be the first one of the 50. You did it one week too soon. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Got baptized the last Sunday of the year, which is a wonderful thing. But we need to ha- we, do you have a vision for souls? Hey, how many souls are you going to try to lead to the Lord this year? Oh, Pastor, I haven't thought about that in years. And you wonder why people perish because no one has a vision. 200 souls getting saved is our prayer. If the Lord wants to give us 5,000, let's go for it. But 200 is a good place to start. 50 baptisms. We have never at our vacation Bible school gotten over 126 kids. My prayer this year is we get to 150. Say, Pastor, why, what's the big deal if we have 150 or if we have 100? Every one is a soul. Every person matters to the Lord. And we want our light to shine. Say, well, what if we work hard and we invite everybody and we do our very best and we have 100? Then praise God for the 100. But we have a goal. Are you ready? The highest day we've had on Easter is 275. This last year on Easter, we had 185. We're going for 300 this year. Say, Pastor, why why do you set a number? Do you want me to say 185 again? And we just stay where we are? Maybe we get a number and maybe some of you out there will be praying as well and then you'll actually take an invite and go give it to someone and invite them to come. Wouldn't that be an amazing thing? Have a vision. A vision to do something for God this year. A vision to do something in your church. Another goal it's to be back over 200 by December. This past two years, yeah, I know it's gone back and forth, but our goal is to be back over 200 where we were by the end of this year. Those watching online, and I know some that it's been almost two years since you've come back to church, and I still think you watch some, and maybe you're watching tonight, maybe you're not. It's time you get back to church soon, okay? We need to get back to church you're sick stay home till you're better okay i get that i am not trying to get you pastor wants us there if we're si-. no just you it's it should just be common sense okay people just common sense is lacking so much in our world today everywhere but i'm not going to get in all of that because sometimes i lack common sense as well but that's our goal get back to 200 where there is no vision the people perish do you know another goal the more of us, you know, the church is not this building. The church is the people. We are the church. The goal is that more of God's people would spend time in God's word this year. You will never be the Christian that you can be if you don't get in the Bible. So pastor, I read everyone. No, I want you to get a, and my desire, my prayer is for each of us that as you know when your stomach starts growling when you haven't eaten all day? And you're like, I just need to eat something. That spiritually speaking, that you, at the end of the day, if you've skipped your and not had your Bible for the day, that you would be spiritually so hungry you would just get God's Word and feed on it. Read God's Word. Meditate on God's Word. My vision is, and my goal is, that more people would spend time in God's Word. The more people, and you know, these are common things, but the more people would pray. And not just, Lord, bless this food, amen. There's more to prayer than that. Or some of you might be praying tonight, Lord, help the Raiders beat the Chargers. I don't even know what's going on with the game. Who knows? And uh, I'm a Charger fan, in case you didn't know that. And so, but I know that there are more Charger fans in our church here tonight than who are Raider fans. So God should bless the Chargers just based on the Charger people in our church are in church. And most of our Raider fans are probably home watching their game doing or shoplifting or doing something of that nature so that's what raider fans do but anyways we'll leave all that there Uh, thank you thank you i don't need to know that right now it's okay it's okay that's what the chargers do okay that's what they do and and, i'm glad we got our phones out checking scores during church too isn't that good do you know my phone has not moved from my pocket and I do have the Charger app on there. It does update. I have not looked once. When church go, no, I haven't looked at my watch either. I'm not looking at let because let's, let's be honest for a second, okay? I'm a huge sports fan. But the things of God are so much more important than a stupid pigskin being thrown around a room. And if you're a Charger fan very long, you're going to get let down today or next week. It's going to happen soon. That's just the way it goes. That's the life of a Charger fan. We need to get more people reading their Bibles. We need to get more people praying. This one some of you might not like. We need more of our church people to start giving. Oh, it got awful quiet in the room, didn't it? That got awful quiet. Let's see how I can word this nicely. I sincerely believe that in this room, in our church, that God's given to us. That God has equipped those who come to our church to take care of all the needs that our church has this last year I mentioned it last night and I'll mention it again at the end of the year we literally at the beginning of December we were down to $6,000 in the church bank account it was just about empty and this was my prayer to God the prayer was very simply this it's your church take care of it say that's kind of frank and bold it is but it is his church why should I stress out about the money when it's his church and he promises to take care of his church and literally within a week there was $34,000 given to our church and even more above that it's a sad state though in a church when less than 30% of that church tithe that's a sad statement on our church say well how do you know that I know it Okay, I know you're not hurting me. You're, not hurting the, you're hurting yourself by not giving to God. You're missing the blessing that God has for you. And if we all got on board together, do you know what we could do with missions? And with 30% tithing, we still gave $45,000 to missions this last year. Praise God for that. But imagine if 60% tithed. Just think on that for a second. If 30% tied and we got $45,000, let's double that. That could be almost $100,000 to missions. Think on that. You find money for whatever you want money for. I would encourage you to give to God. You cannot outgive God, and as God's people, we should be giving. That's all I'm going to say about it, and nothing else. And I know some of us in the room. You're like, Pastor, my bills are just so tight. Everything's going on. Your giving is a matter. It's you're not answering to me. And you know, I know was it is it the Jehovah Witnesses or one of them or the Mormons? If you don't give your tithes, they call you and make sure you make it up, or they even try and get it. There's different things that they do. It's a matter between you and God. But at the end of the day, if you're not giving, you're missing out. And if your if your heart is really in this church and where God. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Go home sometime. I challenge you to. And some of you, I'm old school when it comes to this. I don't use my computer to balance my checkbook. I have an actual, you know, what is that thing called that's in your checkbook? A register. I still have a register that I use. A friend of mine saw that a few days ago, and he's like, you're ridiculous. Don't you realize there are computer programs? And I use a register. I do. That's the way I do it. I like it, always have, and that's just how I like it because literally I keep track and I add it all up. You say, the com- I know, I look at the computer and I balance the two out and I check the little thing, but I use a re- And most of you kids in the room, what's, what's a register? What's a check? <laughs> yeah, the register, see? Go through your online bank statement or go through your register if you use that and look at where all your money goes and I'll tell you where your heart's at I'll leave that there we want to do more for God we want to live more for him but why is God going to bless if we're not doing what we're supposed to do our goals for 2022 and I could go on with so many other things tonight but it's time We grow. It's time we put these past two years behind us and move forward. There's going to be times of sickness. Like this past two Sundays, I don't remember the last two Sundays that have been like the past two weeks in forever. But there's nothing you can do about that. But we're going to move forward. Hey, those of you that are on a team, you want to know what a goal I have for our teams that we'd be unified together. There's still on our t- there's too much complaining as we do God's work. If we were committed and fully vested in the work of God, you won't find time to complain. You won't have time to do it. That's just the way it goes. Those who have time to complain are those that are just sitting there watching everybody else do the stuff, and you got time to complain. I'm a firm believer in that. Get involved, find a spot. Hey, if you're not serving in a ministry, find somewhere to serve this upcoming year. We're going to let our light shine in 2022. We're going to get the gospel to every house in Chino this year. We went through these things. I will give you a copy of this later on, as I mentioned. We just want God to be exalted. We want the saints to be edified. We want to evangelize the lost. I know I've had some people ask me, oh, Pastor, and a few people are not thrilled with the Wednesday night schedule the way I've got it right now. There's a reason why I'm doing what I do, okay? We look at, there are several things that need to be taught in our church. The men need to learn to lead and be men. That's why the second Wednesday night is for them, because it's needed, Ladies need help in de- dealing with the storms of life. That's why we are dealing with a series on the storms of life, the first Wednesday night of the month. The third Wednesday night of the month, we call it Couples Night, but let me be honest with you. If you are a young person and someday you might get married, or you're single today and you might get married in the future, the series I'm doing is not just a marriage series. It could be anyone looking at how to learn to love the way Christ would have you love. It's relationships. So if your relationships are bad, you coming to it, you, it could help you in your relationships. It will help our married couples. We look at the fourth day of the month. It is all the fundamentals of the faith. So why are we taking, a month, taking the last one to talk about? Because most Christians don't know the fundamentals of the faith. So I believe in God. Okay, tell me what you believe about God. I believe the Bible, then what do you believe about the Bible? I believe in Jesus. What do you believe about Jesus? What do you believe about sanctification? What do you believe about justification? Some of you don't even know what those words mean to begin with, and where does it go? You know why people get tossed to and fro with all different doctrine? Because they're not settled and grounded in the truth of the doctrine that they need to be taught. That's the goal of the fourth Wednesday night of the month. To get doctrine. Our goal is to grow together, to do God's work, and to move forward. I would encourage you, and I've stressed this before, but towards the beginning of the year, I always look at my life. I look at my family, my kids, my wife, myself. I look at myself as a pastor, and we set goals. We have have things that I want to do this year with my family that I haven't done in the past. When's the last? Do you have a vision for your family? Do you have a vision for your kids? How do you want your kids to grow up? You know, what's, what's my vision for my kids? That they would have a soft heart towards God and listen and do whatever He tells them to do. That's my vision for my kids. Do you have a vision for your kids? Where there is no vision, the kids perish. Parents, do you have a vision? Hey, do you have a vision for your marriage? I hope that you would get some books this year and make your marriage better. I would suggest that you find time for the two of you to get away together, just the two of you, and make sure you're connected well to one another. Get a vision for your marriage. Where there is no vision, the marriage falls apart. Oh, my marriage is fine. A lot of people have said that we need a vision hey what's your vision for your family and service for god this year oh i don't know we go to church that's not a vision anybody can do that one of the things that i appreciate the most about my mom and dad was the fact that they had us serve with them my mom was a sunday school teacher I don't know how many times I went to houses with her, visiting her kids in her class on Saturday because we did the ministry together. My dad, if he wasn't going out with her doing that, he was the bus mechanic. How many times was I sitting at the church in the bus seat, pretending like I'm driving as he's fixing the bus? We did it together. You take your kids to their ball games you take your kids to everything else and then you don't serve with them in the church you need to have a vision for your family and what you do hey teachers do you have a vision for your class this year your Sunday school class your kids club class whatever the case may be do you have a vision for those kids hey um Christian school teachers do you have a vision for your kids that are in your Christian school let's get a vision and let's do something for God this year. Let's get a vision in our homes. Parents, get a vision for your kids. And help them reach their potential for the Lord. Get a vision. Do something for God. Make 20, you gotta So many times, I'll do it next year. You know what? This is the last year I'm gonna play around. Next year, I'm gonna do it. Do you realize, tomorrow never gets here. Because when tomorrow gets here, it's today. That was my dad's old saying. He said that to me so many times. Dad, I'll take out the trash in the morning tomorrow. He says, Brian, tomorrow never gets here. He still says that to me every once in a while. It's a truth. You say, I'll start serving God. My family will start serving God next year. My family will start giving next year. My family will start doing this next year. Later on in the year, what we need to do is to do it now. Now is the day. Didn't we just talk about that in the book of Romans on Sunday nights? The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Redeem the time because the days are evil there in Ephesians. Let's get a vision for this year and let's take the gospel. And let's make the gospel be the big push of our church. Let's share it. Let's get it out there. I don't know if you noticed, but when you look on that calendar, almost every month, too, we're going to have some sort of dinner and a fellowship with our church again. Those are going to be there each month, just about. Because we need, like tonight, we need fellowship with one another. And when we have our two services on Sunday mornings, it's amazing how many people don't even know one another. Oh, you go to this church? Because two different services, you just don't know. Like this morning, we could have put everyone in the side room from both services. We didn't even need two services, but we're not going backwards. We're going to keep moving forward. Let's get a vision for God. Let's pray about it. Next week, as I said, I'll have a paper for you, and let's do something with the gospel this year. Father, I thank you for the time that